The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. This is Charlie Spine. I'm filling in for Matt Slick on Matt Slick Live today. Matt's enjoying a trip to uh, Israel with a wonderful group of Christian brothers and sisters. And while he's gone for the next two weeks, um, he's asked me to fill in for him, which I'm happy to do. Uh, My name is Charlie Spine. I'm the one who Matt likes to say is responsible for having gotten him into the apologetics uh, ministry. Uh, I once handed him, at a Bible study, I handed him a page that I photocopied from uh, History of the Church, uh, of the LDS Church, and uh, read it to him first, and then showed him that uh, Joseph Smith had boasted that he'd done more to hold a whole church together than the uh, apostles did, and even had done a greater work than Jesus himself. And when he heard that boast, he uh, became quite agitated. He says, who, who is that? And I said, well, that's the founder of the Mormon Church. He goes, wait a minute, Mormons are Christians. And I explained to him, well, they claim to be, just like uh, many other groups claim to be Christian, but at their core they have doctrines that are diametrically opposed uh, to Christianity. Uh, in many places. So that was a a revelation to him, and uh, he got wound up and said, no, uh, we need to uh, do something about this kind of thing. And it got him into the ministry of apologetics. And apologetics is simply taken from uh, the New Testament, 1 Peter 3.15 most notably, that says that as Christians, we're to be ready to give answers to those who ask of us about our faith, Uh, and when it says to give a reason, that word apologia in the Greek has been anglicized into apologetics. It means to give a reasoned defense of your faith. It was also a term used in courts of law in those days when your defense attorney would give you a a well-reasoned defense in your behalf, and... um, This is what we attempt to do in apologetics. There is uh, uh, several different branches of apologetics that one can get into, but uh, hopefully if you have questions, you can call in at uh, our toll-free number, 877-207-2276, and we'll be glad to... uh, uh, hopefully, uh, answer some of your questions about the faith, because that's uh, what we set out to do with CARM. If you go to CARM.org, our website, uh, you'll see in the navigation menu, there's a, a, a literally hundreds of topics and thousands of articles that are uh, there for you uh, to access for free. 
And as Matt likes to put it, most of his articles are quick and slick, uh, which matches, of course, his name. And Matt Slick, by the way, is not his radio name. It's his authentic name. Uh, so he's uh, a, a very transparent and um, authentic individual. Uh, the thing is, uh, let me mute something here. Um, there. Um, the thing is, um, in this type of ministry, you often deal with people who are hostile to the faith for one reason or another. Um, you get uh, to interact with people who have an uh, aberrant view of what Christianity is because they've only gotten their information from secondhand sources instead of uh, authentic Christians. And so sometimes you have to deal with misconceptions of what the uh, Christian church is and what Christians uh, ought to be uh, seen as uh, rather than uh, some people that will thump you over the head with the Bible, we would rather like to think that Christians should approach others who may not know the Lord with the uh, love of the gospel. Uh, that seems to be a more effective way of reaching out to your fellow Christians as well as your uh, the, the people you meet who are opposed to Christianity. Uh, after all, uh, everybody we deal with is... Uh, in God's sight, uh, a human being that reflects his image. We have the image of God that we carry. And for that reason, even those that we believe to be unbelievers, or even those hostile to the faith, are to be treated with respect. As it says in 1 Peter 3.15, when we give our reasons, we give our reasons with respect, uh, because sharing the gospel with people is the most serious endeavor, which has eternal consequences for those who accept or reject. Uh, we pray that people's hearts will be opened as we give them the Word of God, because the Word of God says uh, within it that it is alive, it is active, it performs a task that it's meant to perform. And so when we share that with people, as Paul did in the uh, the New Testament times, he was preaching, uh, and we have an account of uh, a lady who was a nice enough lady in her community, well-respected business lady, had been listening to Paul preaching, and it didn't seem to really affect her much in any way until it says, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to the words Paul was preaching. Ah. And this is what we pray for those people who just have a, a skin-deep knowledge or acquaintance with the Christian faith, that God will, as we preach the gospel, that God will open their hearts. Uh, it also says that after he opened her heart, she then took heed or paid attention to what Paul was preaching. Of course, he was preaching the gospel. So our duty is to preach that gospel to the world. And God's function is to open the hearts through that gospel, uh, open the hearts and minds of those uh, who he wants to receive it 
and be enlightened by it and enriched by it and indeed get eternal life through accepting uh, the truth of the gospel of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and so forth. Now, I would encourage you to call in with your questions about the faith at 877-207-2276. If you're um, able to uh, write your question in, um, I believe uh, if you're on the uh, chat that we have uh, flowing to uh, streaming to Rumble, we're also streaming to Facebook, the CARM Facebook page, and we're also streaming to uh, YouTube, I believe, today. And uh, in any of those streams, you could take advantage of the chat, uh, the chat box, and uh, either Laura or Ernie, who work closely with us in this uh, missionary effort to uh, reach people through the Internet and through radio and other media, they can post your questions on the screen for me to read here, and I can read a question off that way if that's the way you participate. Uh, Of course, you can learn more about the Christian faith and how to defend it with uh, the three schools provided by CARM online. We have a a theology and apologetics school. Uh, We have a critical thinking school, and you can go to those online schools at uh, carm.org slash schools and get more information about that. Uh, Now, uh, I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, I think we have someone named Mike from North Carolina. And let me answer Mike with a question about Ezekiel. Go ahead. Or is that you're you're on the air? Okay. Hello? Hello, Mike? Yes, hi, Mike. Yeah. Okay, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, it, right. it, it talks about Ezekiel. a battle that, 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 that takes place, and um, I, I keep hearing myself. <laughs> I got an echo through the phone. Well, do you, do you, have, a, do you have a radio on? Um. Anyway, in in the uh, I'm sorry if you're getting in Ezekiel 38, it talks about a battle, and a lot of Christians, matter of fact, just about everybody at the church I go to believes that that is a future battle, that that's the Battle of Armageddon, and I just don't see it. Not when it talks okay. about coming to take plunder and booty and cattle. Uh, you know, but that's that's the object. That that's, that's what they're going to get. Um, they're using swords and shields and bucklers and bows and arrows. And um, I mean, some people talk about that. Well, that's that, that's described. You know, the 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 arrows are missiles, and uh, the uh, chariots are uh, tanks. And I'm saying, no, that's not how you interpret the Bible. I mean, to me, it, you interpret the Bible by what's obvious. Uh, and plain, for instance, God created the heavens and the earth in, in six days. That's six days, buddy. That's not six million years. 
Um, of course. Of so course. you interpret when, it, when uh, it's obvious and clear. That's how you interpret it. Yeah. Well, uh, in those two chapters, especially from Ezekiel, uh, they've they've been looked at as a prophecy about God and the future invasions of Israel. Uh, that's pretty generally been accepted in in uh, in the Christian view. Uh, but I think in chapter thirty nine, yeah. of course, the prophecy against God. Uh, where the invaders are destroyed. Now, the language of the day would have no concept of um, modern uh, weaponry, uh, but what they could give is a word picture of uh, an event that's uh, quite a terrible event uh, taking place. And when Ezekiel... uh, when the book of Ezekiel is reporting this stuff, we have to um, kind of take into account uh, what uh, could be understood by the people of that day. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to be able to uh, conceive of a satellite shooting down a particle weapon beam and creating some mayhem uh, on land or sea. Uh, But uh, these missiles, these arrows and whatnot, uh, could be the best way for those people to understand what was going on. But we, looking back, having the New Testament to enlighten us as to the, the greater meaning of these things, uh, would give us a picture that's altogether more up-to-date uh, as we enter into the, 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 the years we're in now. Uh, now, you know, I mean, these are open to... Uh, different views, but the event itself in general, I think, is soundly established as something that will take place, uh, and there will be people okay. here experiencing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hi there, Mike. I hope you're still with us. Uh, did, did that helpful? Was that helpful in any way um, in regards to Gog and Magog and Ezekiel 38 and 39? Let me see. Maybe I need to do that. You want to find something hard to describe. It's be to describe something that's directly related to God. But that's beside the point. To me, the book of Ezekiel seems to fit almost like a glove with the book of Esther. Ezekiel comes after Esther, but it was written before Esther. So it seems to me like that is a a uh, a description of what happens in the book of Esther, where Ezekiel is prophesying something that is going to happen because the Jews were in captivity, they were scattered throughout the uh, the, the the empire, the Medo Persian Empire, which included Assyria because they conquered us. The, the Medes conquered. Assyria, and then Assyria became part of the... So that took care of all of the Jews, and you have Haman here that's going to wipe them out, and they're living in unwalled cities. If you read Esther 3, and then you read Esther 9, and then you read 38 and 39 in Ezekiel, it seems to fit almost perfectly. And, and, and the argument, or the, the, the other side of the debate, not an argument, the other side of the debate, that this is a future battle then that doesn't make any sense because then the people 2,000 years ago that read this or 
2,500 years ago were confused, and now today modern man is confused. Because well, uh, when you look, he's describing. It just to me, it just doesn't make sense, and it doesn't doesn't go along with 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 proper Bible interpretation when it when when it is clear. What they're talking about—that's what you accept word for word. It would be like saying, because if you can say that a if you can say that a bow and arrow was a missile, then you can say anything you want to about the Bible. You're making the Bible walk on all fours. Well, when Ezekiel mentions that uh, the dead will be uh, uh, buried for seven months, and there would be no need to bury people. Uh, that were dead in the battle uh, described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Um, this is a, a description uh, also sometimes connected to Revelations uh, chapter 20, verse 8 and 9, where it says they'll come out to deceive the nations that are the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the stand of the sand of the sea, and they're marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints, and so forth. So this is, there could be a double fulfillment um, in what they're talking about, um, and for us to be uh, uh, rigid and say that this can't be talking about something that happens in the future would be... uh, Unnecessary. We don't need to be so rigid on that. Um, so, this is the discussion I had with my Christian brother. If if you well, can make discussion to have. and shield yeah, and chariots, it's a good discussion. And, and spears and swords yeah, into modern day weapons to compare, and you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. And that gives uh, that well, gives a tremendous amount of ammunition to the atheists. Yeah, if if you're going to be, I've had I've had I've had this discussion on the Bible with with atheists online, and when I go to Florida, right. I've got some family members that are not they're atheists. Yeah. I put it that way. Well, what, or what, acquaintances all, down there. All I'm saying is that if you are if you're too rigid in what you want to interpret it as, and you stick to that and that only, and you're um, uh, 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 you're not uh, disposed to discussing with uh, your brothers or even those who are hostile to the faith, I, the meanings of these things. Uh, then we might uh, I, we might I, not I be disposed. on good ground. Huh? You are. I rigid? am disposed. I just don't. I just. I'm not being yeah. rigid. I'm being analytical. Okay. I just don't yeah. see how you can. But when you read the Book of Esther, and a lot of people said, "Why is the Book of Esther in the Bible?" It doesn't even mention God, because Ezekiel is well, describing. Read the book of Esther, or read just yeah. three and nine. Book of read, read chapter three, chapter nine, yeah. and go thirty-eight and thirty-nine in Ezekiel, and you will see I, it is it is it, it fits yeah. like like a glove. Now, yeah, you can you can take certain. Now, we do know that the Bible is full of hyperbole. I mean, if you read places, what yeah, uh, the, the Psalm eighteen is used among about the, the uh, excuse me how how David. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, and I'm having a hard time listening and talking at the same time with his feedback, but um, 
what I'm saying is the book of Esther is a clear demonstration of God's hand at work in the events and lives of the people involved. There's, it's unmistakable, and it testifies of his involvement in our lives. Without mentioning his name, he is present in the book of Esther from start to finish. And uh, a careful reading of Esther will bring you a richer understanding of that, that even though he's not outright mentioned, nevertheless, his presence is strong. His hand in guiding uh, uh, situations and circumstances is uh, a a wonderful thing to behold. I'm going to move on now to uh, uh, Mike. Or no, that's Mark from uh, Florida. Go ahead, Mike. You're on the air. Go ahead, Mike. Or Mark, sorry. Hi. <laughs> no no problem. Hi, Charlie. Um, Hi. That, you sound much cool. better. I, I think I'm doing something more correct here. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I just had a question about, is there a way to discern the difference between discipline from God in the form of punishment for your sins and discipline as in uh, teaching? Oh, certainly. Yes. Uh, Discipline in teaching is uh, learning a lesson that is to your benefit uh, and to bring you about to a more correct course. Okay. Punishment would be to put upon you in no uncertain terms the idea that you should never do that again. Now, there was a man in the, in, in the Corinthian church who was uh, about to be punished most severely for living with his father's wife. Uh, Paul said that such a person that's conducting his life in, in an ongoing fashion as that is to be turned over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his soul may be saved. So this this phrase is an interesting phrase uh, that was used by Paul, talking about some punishment that is going to fall on this guy if he doesn't change his ways, excommunicate him from the church. He was no longer to be a part of the congregation. But we later on have indications that he repented and left that situation and, conduct, and conducted his life in a more acceptable fashion. So the punishment was held out that this guy could be killed for what he was doing, uh, whereas a lesson would be uh, taught to someone that uh, in the idea or the aim or the, the, the motive is to keep someone from ever entering into such a It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Uh, Well, I was trying to get back to Mike from Florida, and when we came back from the break, I see that, or Mark, I see that he uh, he was dropped. I hope he can call back. Because uh, I'm not exactly sure where I left off with him in regards to punishment versus uh, lessons. Uh, some are um, 
equally difficult to follow sometimes. Oh, there's Mark. Let me get him back. Hi, Mark? Yes, sir. You're on the air, Mark. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure where I, I left off with you before the break. Uh, I might have been a little okay. uh, slow in recognizing. But um, I hope that was helpful as far as I got with the the difference uh, behind uh, discipline as far as punishment. Uh, one may right. be motivated with uh, with one goal in mind and the other with another. Um, it, it did help me because I... I I looked at the um, at what you said that that gentleman. Um, if he continued in his ways unrepentant, then then that that punishment would come um, instead of the you know yielding to the to the discipline uh, and, you bet. and you bet. following. There's a, there's another there's another good example of uh, discipline that could go one way or the other, either be received and correct your behavior, or you could end up uh, suffering consequence, uh, was when uh, the people in the Corinthian church were abusing uh, the the communion festival. Uh, Some were getting drunk and and being gluttonous and so forth, and Paul warned them that you you don't approach the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Uh, some people like to say you've got to be worthy, but if you wait till you or I are worthy, we'll never partake of the communion supper. What he said was unworthily. Uh, that modifies the act, not the actor. Uh, they mm-hmm. were not respecting the memorial for what it meant, and he said, for this reason, right. many of many of you have become sick, and some of you have died. So there becomes a very sober way of looking at the seriousness of memorializing Christ's uh, death and resurrection on our, our behalf. Um, so, right. yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lesson to be learned from those who will hear it, and there's a lesson to be suffered, so to speak, in punishment for those who disregard and, and continue to uh, partake of the Lord's Supper in some cavalier in disrespectful manner. So these are meant for our, our benefit and uh, also to be an example to those uh, who may uh, be teetering one way or the other. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, their punishment in the book of Acts in that they had lied about a piece of land they had sold and they may believe that the profit from that land, they gave it all to the church. And when they, Scripture says they clearly had kept back a part of the price, Peter says, you know, while it was yours, it was your own. I mean, you could do what you want with it. Why have you uh, deceived in such a manner to lie to the Holy Spirit? And he says, you haven't lied to men, but you've lied to God. And uh, Ananias was uh, struck dead. And then later, when his wife returned, uh she had partaken in this conspiracy uh, to deceive the church in this way, uh, in masquerading that their offering, which is an act of worship, okay, was complete, and, and uh, when it was not complete in the way they had represented it, and she too was judged. And right after that, when she got when she died and was buried along with her husband, it says the church feared. 
Okay, this is a respectful mm. and very uh, uh, appro- appropriate fear for them to have that you don't play false with the Holy Spirit. You don't uh, you don't do that uh, because there's a consequence right. for it. And and so I'm sure from then on, people were very careful not to misrepresent their acts of worship as being something other than authentic and genuine. Uh, that's the message they would have clearly gotten from that. So I hope that helps. It, it does. Um, there's just one more uh, angle. There's one, one more deal with that that I wanted to ask, though. By way of persecution, though, um, how do you discern that, then? Because that's a whole other you know, realm of... Are you getting punished? <laughs> or, you know, how well, can somebody go ahead and... Yeah, yeah. The the, the early martyrs considered persecution for Christ's sake to be their privilege. Uh, they had a <laughs> a different attitude than some mm-hmm. modern uh, people would. Uh, however, Jesus does warn us that uh, for his faithful followers, you will be persecuted. So he says, "Don't be surprised, okay, because of what they did to him." Okay, mm-hmm. don't be surprised that they will persecute you. So this is something we can expect in a fallen world as faithful followers of Christ. Uh, we can expect at some level, you may not even know it, you may not get a promotion at work because of it, and you'll never know that that was why, uh, but that's a form of persecution. And then there's other openly uh, uh, obvious and flagrant uh, acts of persecution that you might uh, experience as well. So it, it can appear on, uh, or manifest itself on several levels uh, when you understand that the fallen condition of the world right now allows for that to happen, and you shouldn't be surprised uh, if you're a faithful Christmas, Christian that you might uh, experience that. It, in fact, it's more than you might. Uh, it, we're told to expect that we will suffer that kind of stuff. So do you, do you guys have a, a prayer, a prayer? It does. Do you, do you have a prayer line or anything like that, that I can uh, call up? Do you guys have oh, a part of your ministry? I'm, 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 I'm so glad you asked. We have a, a wonderful uh, fellowship of prayer warriors headed by a lovely lady mm-hmm. named Joanne. And you can contact mm-hmm. uh, the prayer team at prayer at CARM.org, mm-hmm. and it, go, it goes right to our prayer team, and you can share as much information as you think is appropriate with them, uh, and uh, of course they keep it confidential, but I don't know if uh, if Joanne calls people back on the phone or not, but she's a, a delightful individual, and she is a mighty prayer mm-hmm. warrior, and uh, to have her praying uh, for your needs uh, is a... Uh, is a real, uh, I'll tell you what, it's a real weapon against uh, evil, and it's a real guidance in making that, you more sensitive. That's an email, Charlie? When you have prayer, it is the word prayer, the at, karm.org, mm-hmm. prayer at karm.org, it. and it'll get right right to okay. there. So okay, you for I'm going to send a message, because uh, when, you, when you talked about persecution, um, I'm I'm feeling like that that might be the case because 
what I'm going through is way beyond. I'm, I examined myself, my heart, and everything I've done wrong in you know, my life, and it doesn't seem like it amounts to what I'm getting right now. <laughs> Um, well, maybe I'm wrong. You know, sometimes I tell myself I deserve it, but you know, I don't know. If I got what I deserved, I'd be in a miserable condition. I'm just grateful that the the Lord uh, graces me with as much as he does. Uh, and it makes me ever so more, uh, uh, appreciative, um, whenever he tends to my needs and to have Joanne and our prayer team on your side is a wonderful asset, not just for you, but for the body of Christ who want to take advantage of their uh, their skill and their uh, their effectiveness and their sincerity in re- reaching God and lifting up the needs of the body of Christ to Him. So I hope you uh, do contact her through prayer at karm.org. Thank, thanks, Mark. I will. I will. Thank you very much for your time. I, I will. And you're doing well on the show okay. today. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I, that's nice to hear. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, uh, remember, if you want to call in with your question, it is... I almost gave you my house numbers. I shouldn't do that. I might get too busy. Uh, 877 is the toll-free number, 877-207-CARM. It spells out 877-207-2276. And we have Melanie who's got a question. Hello, Melanie. Uh, You're on the air. Hello, Melanie. Uh, Melanie, I don't hear anything. Melanie? Hello, Melanie. I'm going to put her on hold for a minute then. Melanie has a a good question, and uh, I'm glad she called it in. I'm hoping we... Are you there, Melanie? Oh, let me try it again. Melanie, are you there? You're on the air. Okay, I'm going to put her back on hold. Um, well, you can call in with your question to 877 It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hi, glad to have you back. And we have Joanne from our prayer team, who I just mentioned a, a few short minutes ago. Joanne's on the air with us. With uh, you sure like to did give a message to Mark. I, I did, Go ahead, Joanne. Hey, Charlie, you're doing a wonderful job. Oh, thank you. Thank Can you, you hear my me? sister. Uh, listen, um, if Mark is still listening. If he'll just email me his phone number, I'll just be more than happy to call him back. And um, my Matt can be on speaker, and his wife can be on speaker. You know, whatever, whatever he's comfortable with. If he's not comfortable, I'll just keep my Matt in the same room to where he can't hear. I, I don't want to do anything inappropriate, but I just want of Mark course. to. Um, and and of course we have eighteen prayer warriors on the I mean warriors. And so I oh, do my. hope Mark is still listening. Yeah, um, but well, I, I, I would be your glad. graciousness. 
Yes, your graciousness is not unexpected. That's for sure. I, <laughs> I've gotten to know you, uh, even though we're on different ends of the the country. I've gotten to know you and your husband, and appreciate very much what you do uh, in your role as uh, the the uh, the centerpiece, really, for people who mail their uh, uh, their prayer request. That comes right to you. And I'm not sure if other people have access to it or if you filter it out into the many branches. Eighteen other prayer warriors. Oh, I love. I I just love to hear that. It does my heart good uh, because oh, I know uh, the, with and, you. And they are with so, you, I'm sorry. That, we got a bad connection. I don't mean to talk over you. Of course, you know I do that. If we're just on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I but, know. I uh, know. Well, I'm well, sure. I'm sure you. Go ahead. As you know, um, I've sent you uh, replies to prayer requests. So um, our prayer team is is so wonderful in the Lord mm. that, you know, they send replies to people and then to me, and then I send, I remove their names and I send them to the people. So... You know, I'd never thought about if anybody would feel more comfortable with a phone call, but I would be willing to, unless unless Matt vetoed that, Matt Slick vetoed that, I'd be glad to, yeah. anytime, call someone and keep sure. it appropriate. So mm-hmm. I hope Mark I'm sure you would. Yes. Well, I okay. appreciate that, Joanne. And, and uh, please relate to the other 18 that you're talking about that I hope to in these uh, next two weeks that I'm uh, substituting for Matt, I hope to bring you a prayer request, a prayer report, a praise report that many of us have been praying for for a long time for one little girl who was born at uh, less than two pounds, a preemie that uh, had some huge challenges that we prayed for and has overcome those challenges. Is going to be three years old in April. And I'm making arrangements to go and talk to her mom and have her mom call in and give us some of the details of how the Lord's hand has been mightily at work in the life of this little one and the witness she is and the witness she'll continue to be as uh, as she grows in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, I hope to share that soon. Well, all 18, all 18 of us know little Gracelyn and love her, though we've never seen her. Uh-huh. So please tell well, I'm gonna, uh, tell her mama yeah. that we love her and we continue to keep her little Graceland in prayer. So you know, I certainly just, will. I'm going to. I, I'm going to ask don't her mom have permission. That right. I, I'm going to ask her mom permission first to share as much as I can, oh, including pictures of that lovely little girl, and um, the yeah. people can. Um, can see a, 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 a material result to some of their heartfelt prayers and uh, an actual example of our Lord being merciful and working in the lives of uh, these little ones who he says what are... What a mighty, mighty God we serve. Yes. Yeah. He's yes, a good, indeed. good father. Well, thank Indeed. Thank okay, you, Joanne. Charlie, I appreciate I'll you. I'll let you go. I hope Mark hears it, and uh, we love y'all. And tell Debbie, hey. Love you, too. Bye-bye. 
I'll tell you what, it's, it's amazing uh, to be able to work with people in this ministry that uh, have a passion for such things as praying for others, uh, for such things as uh, showing care for others, whether they're in the body of Christ or not. Uh, someone like Joanne uh, is an asset to the kingdom of God. And uh, 18 people have joined with her in that prayer ministry. Well, that's that's just marvelous. Uh, I'm looking at the board, and we don't have any callers just now, so I'm going to encourage you and invite you to open your Bible, preferably, and call in to uh, 877-207-2276. You can uh, also... Uh, support CARM, if this has been a valuable ministry for you. Uh, You can support CARM. It's easy. You just go to the donate page, which is carm.org slash donate. And I think that'll bring you right there. Or you go to the CARM homepage, and you'll see a button that you can click on to access that. Uh, we, uh, We don't ask for much. We ask for any gifts that you can cheerfully give. Uh, Paul wrote to the uh, people who uh, give uh, that they were to give cheerfully. Uh, in fact, the word uh, in, in the Greek is, is where we get our word hilarious. So if you can't be hilariously overjoyed about giving to our ministry or to the ministry of your local church, if you can't be happy about it, then you need it more than we do, that's for sure. You keep it. But uh, if you can meet all your obligations and commitments and then have some to uh, offer we uh, and to offer gladly, we're there for you. Uh, so um, we do have a call coming in now, and I'm looking for, uh, let's see, oh, ah, Melanie. Okay, Melanie has a question. Let me get to her. Uh, Melanie, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, thanks for taking my Hello. call. Love, Carm. Sure. Um, sure. Quite reference to yeah, thank you. your previous uh, contacts. If your husband of 20-some years has been running around on you the whole time, professes to be uh. saved... And going to heaven, I want your thoughts on that, please. And I'll hang up and listen. Well, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and that's a um, it's difficult to put it uh, lightly. Uh, it's difficult when um, we have the question of adultery within a marriage. It's a devastating sin. Uh, Sometimes it even results uh, in divorce, okay? Not that divorce is preferable. Uh, Of course, what is preferable in the body of Christ is that this can be mended, uh, and both sides are committed to uh, doing what they can to overcome such a sin. But um, the other spouse... In such a case, according to Scripture, has several options open to them. Uh, not that the options are obligations, but there's an there's a 
option to, uh, for divorce for the reason of uh, adultery. Um, but then, uh, like I said, this is not an obligation. If the uh, offended spouse can freely divorce the one who has committed adultery without committing sin, that's the question. Well, the question is answered. Um, uh, the answer is the affirmative. They can, at their option, remain married or not, having been offended. But reconciliation is always the first choice, if possible, in any way, shape, or form. Now, someone who professes to be a Christian and conducts a lifestyle practice of adultery is, I would say, in my estimation, uh, questions their authenticity as a Christian. Okay, someone who does that and is a Christian should feel uh, at least convicted for what they've done. If they don't show any repentance and they don't show reconciliation with their spouse, uh, then I'd say something's up with their claim to be a faithful Christian. Obviously, something's up. So, uh, many, many Christians, Christian couples, that uh, I've counseled at times, um, um, have independent and, and altogether different uh, uh, situations and fact of uh, patterns that have to be brought into consideration. Now, if your church is such that it's uh, a church that conducts itself the way it should, I would say go to the elders, uh, have the elders uh, guide you in confronting the spouse and seeing if there's any... Uh, indication that the spouse might want to um, adjust and return to a faithful relationship and give up these these adulterous affairs. Or if there's not, um, you may want to put uh, uh, consequences to him if he's claiming to be a member of that church and, re- and doing such a thing. The church elders can invite him to leave. Uh, or suffer the consequences of not remaining a member in good standing of that uh, community. Uh, if he submits to the requirements of the spouse and or the church, uh, then that's another consideration. Now, like I say, each case is tough and uh, has to be handled according to a fact pattern. And, and if, you're, if you have a good relationship with your elders of your church and they know you both, uh, that would be my first place to go, of course, uh, with other Christians that can help you along. You might find a Christian who is influential on your spouse and can help guide them back to the straight and narrow. That's another resource, too. But, you know, it's uh, it's something where you have to pull together every, uh, every bit of uh, uh, Christian advice, every bit of scriptural guidance you can come to. And if the forgiveness is offered and rejected, and uh, in that forgiveness you're to decide that you're not going to bring it up again, uh, this can be sometimes a necessary part of doing this. 
the part the other party knows their guilt uh, and doesn't really need to be reminded of it. Um, but uh, the consequences uh, that can follow from this uh, should be uh, considered where is the blessing of mending the relationship. Okay, I'll come back after this break. Another program powered by the Truth Network. <laughs> 